Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of the Cisco and Filestone Hour, Broadcast and Politics. Good evening, America. God bless our fabulous country, hardworking Americans out there. We're ready. We're about to celebrate July 4th. And let's continue with celebrating because we cannot allow these degenerates and the walk culture intimidate us from celebrating this nation that has brought good, so much good to the world. Anyway, tonight we have Major Fred Galvin. Fred Galvin is on tonight. He is the author of A Few Bad Men, the story of a U.S. Marine's ambush in Afghanistan and betrayed in America. Welcome, Mark. Welcome. Thank you. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so just introducing uh, a little brief uh, introduction to our guest, uh, Major Fred Galvin. He's a fellow he'll, Marine. He'll be on. Yes. Yeah, he's yes, a fellow he Marine to you, huh? Yes. Yeah, not but me. But his story is, is incredible, incredible. But anyway, what's the rent of the week for you, Mark? The rent of the huh, You caught me with my pants down. But I'd like to talk <laughs> Let about go the... Uh, we don't need to know about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a PG show, PG. Uh, I okay. would like to comment on this damned 1-6 witch hunt Stalinist right. BS. You, you know... Mm-hmm. So Trump's out of office, so we had four years of lies. Now we had another year and a half of lies. When do they effing stop? When? I wish I was in circulation, you know, in the city. Mm-hmm. Maybe I could run into a shift or some of these other clowns. And I, I don't know how badly I would react to them. You know, I... <laughs> I would love to get physical. I mean, these people need an effing beating is the only way I could put it. That's my rant. Well, karma karma will take care of them. I'm not worried about that. They will be taking care of this. The Adam Schiff, the, the uh, Liz Cheney's, the, um, all these uh, individuals that fraud. are praying. They're fraud. They're wasting praying. our money. We, we pay the money to govern. They're not governing. They're doing bullshit. It, yeah, it, it's such a they fool. They don't believe that we are the ones that really uh, are their boss. You know, they they get paid by special interest groups. You know, so they don't really yeah, give I, a, I, I a, a, a damn. I've been down there. I've been down in D.C. a lot. You know, I'll tell you. Before I, you know, I call him old jackass Obama. I call him old jackass. Before old jackass was in office, I had never gone to D.C. I think I've been there over a dozen times since I also call him Generalissimo Hussein was an author. <laughs> you have a way with words, just like someone that I know. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I, I call him that because he uh, ran it like he was a dictator. Right. You know? But again, again, let's get this clear. Uh, Creepy Joe it's not really running the show. It's his handlers, the people behind him that are controlling oh, yeah. and doing what, I mean, he, 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 he has a, what a kindergarten notes that he has to go around to, to, to time, sit, sit down. down. Sit. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Did you see that crib sheet? Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, I would say that he is someone that is really not credible. <laughs> credible. So. First of all, this guy didn't get 81 million votes. You know, he cheated. No. That's the friggin' end of it. He even admitted it, just like he admitted uh, the influence peddling with the U- Ukraine prosecutor. He admitted on YouTube, yeah. oh, we have the greatest fraud operation in, in history. He freaked out of his own damn mouth. 
Definitely. You, you know, because he's such that, an idiot, he said that publicly. We're gonna we're gonna call our our guest now, uh, Mr. Fred Galvin. Good evening, Major uh, Galvin. How are you? Good, sir. How are you? All right. Thank you for. Uh, we finally connect. Yes, I'm <laughs> sorry. You, 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 no problem. You know, United States Marines. I have the utmost respect for you, Major. So uh, oh, I, I know you. you're. You're quite busy and everything, but uh, we're happy to have you tonight. And oh, there's so much you. to happy cover, to especially. Oh, we're fascinated. We're really intrigued in, in, in by the book, A Few Bad Men, uh, the true story of Amer- U.S. Marines ambush in Afghanistan and betrayed in America. But we'll get to your book in a minute uh, because it's really uh, for anyone out there. It's really a book that you should go out there and buy, and we'll 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 uh, get all all of that information in a in a minute. But um, how do you see the situation um, in regards to the current military infrastructure uh, from top to bottom right now? I, I that was one of my first questions I wanted to ask you. Yes. So. What happened to us is not an anomaly. It's, it's an ongoing problem, and there's a huge disconnect from what is, you know, the, the discussion points and, of our leaders and what they say and then what they do. So that, that dichotomy is what's causing a massive morale issue in America. We see it, I mean, you hear it on mainstream media that they cannot find enough people to join the military. And, right. I mean, everybody wants, you know, money for college, all the, our youth, and you know, the military is still offering that. We're not going to war right now. I mean, who knows about tomorrow? But right now, it's not like the threat of what we had even less than a year ago when we still had people in Afghanistan. And that was a debacle we'll get to in a second. But right now, they're offering, you know, college education. You get the skills. You get a lot of benefits. And there's no war but people aren't signing up. Uh, so you, you have to wonder why is what's going on. And if you look at what's going on also in a similar superpower, very different, but let's look at Russia. You know, Russia invaded Ukraine. Most people think mm-hmm. like, this, is, this has been a, a really bad situation, but it's still ongoing. Um, they, they've started out to say, well, you know, the, it was because of the weather, the time of year that they did it, and the Russian supply lines. Those are no longer any factors. Uh, I would submit that because the Russian, their senior administration leadership has lied to the Russian people, the Russian frontline foot soldiers were lied to. They originally said this was going to be a special operations mission. And here they went, they weren't going for some exercise. They were going in to invade another country involving you know killing civilians and uh, a lot of the people they've had some hesitation on doing that so that issue of low morale is something that we have in our u.s military right now and whether it's something that we may have to actively engage in combat with the russians and or possibly china i mean there's still it's called a pseudo treaty because it's not it has expired, this treaty to defend Taiwan, but right. as we all know, everybody's flown, those who have flown into Washington, D.C., whether it's Reagan National or into Dulles, you look at the names on the tops of all those buildings around the Pentagon and the intelligence community and all of those people, look who's on their boards, all these retired generals and admirals, and that mm-hmm. is who is always clamoring to get it. Look who's selling... Which, which kind of weapons to the Ukrainians. Uh, that, and that's just the precursor. If the flashpoint happens in the Strait of Taiwan and we get sucked into a war with Taiwan, which, oh, by the way, all these politicians 
and the defense contracting firms they would all they would just love us to get in a long bloody expensive war again this time with china not with people using rifles manufactured yeah, two years after world war ii and God homemade explosives yeah. yes now we're you talking know what? I, wanted to ask, I wanted to ask fred a question can i ask fred a question yes. sir yes, I go, ahead, go ahead yeah our vaunted uh chairman of the joint chiefs of staff millie uh you know thoroughly modern millie uh he he said that the russians would take kiev in three days now it's been a hundred days or what and they still haven't taken kiev what's your assessment of this man's capability this man being general miley millie yeah thoroughly modern millie I call him the well-nourished warrior. He he definitely doesn't look like a, a Chuck Norris or a Johnny Rambo. <laughs> that's for sure. And and when we have our our frontline foot soldiers led by people who can't walk the walk, and let, let me explain. And you, I'm sure, have heard this. This is fact check it, please. And I ask all your listeners to do the same. What did Joe Biden say in his inauguration that was the same as what? Uh, the the parrot Lloyd Austin has said, and is the same thing as General Miley has said in regards to white extremism. So they have stated mm-hmm. that this is a the most serious problem that we have in the military. And I didn't just do 26 years, 10 months, and 19 days in uniform. I just finished doing four more years working for the Department of Defense as a civilian. And I will say, after 31 years, I never saw a formation or any word being passed, or any communication about done with white extremists, or people in bedsheets, mm-hmm. or anything of the nature. In, but I spent my entire career doing what we call personality targeting. You know, as a Marine Special Operator, and pr- prior to that, in force reconnaissance, we would do direct action missions, going after the the, the tip top tier of the bad guys who control these networks. But if that is the number one problem in our military, then, then who's their leader? How are they communicating? How are they organized? What kind of weapons are they using? None of these things can be answered because there's no facts to support it. But this is information warfare used against the American people, which it's being done by the military, which is there is such thing as information operations and it is illegal to do against the American people, and that is what is going on when when there is no proof of these. You know, they'll throw out oh January sixth. Oh, they'll throw out some kind of person that had some weapon that used it, and and they try to make that as the example. Even this other cuckoo uh, general uh, Stanley McChrystal, who just came out with this piece oh, yeah. in USA Today this past week mm-hmm. trying to echo this thing that you know we have to watch out you know they're trying to overthrow democracy it's these scare tactics which are our external threats the enemies of the united states they realize they've done their mission analysis on us they realize our strength is that we're united and they want to divide us they want to tear us apart they want to get rid of our constitutional rights of the freedom of speech freedom to assemble freedom to bear arms they want to destroy all that and they want to have a communist type of government where the oligarchs are in power Uh, just like in uh, my mba program when we went to do our global business residency in china they said your leaders are millionaires our party members are billionaires it is good to be a communist party member and that's mm-hmm. what all these people want. If the government and the state take over everything, then their stock prices soar. And people ask, who and why would they want to do something like this? And it's like, look, there's incentives. Do you think Nancy Pelosi wants more or less money, more or less power? Well, it's all the latter. And that's what they're going to get because Americans won't understand, you know, are not – these aren't rights given to us like in in the UK by the crown. These are, as it states in our constitution, our God-given rights. And we just don't want to stand up and 
and fight for them. Like Benjamin Franklin said, if we can keep it, it's on our shoulders. Right. I know. And yeah, one yeah. Of, I'm, I'm very that, disappointed. I'm very disappointed in the younger generation. Yeah, and I'm but, very disappointed uh, in this current generation of generals. Although it was our generation I, that uh, permitted this to go on, you know, this uh, with the schools. Now, I tell you, what scares me the most is the FBI, DOJ, are purely Democratic police. Uh, if you're against the Democrat Party, look out for the DOJ and the FBI. If you're pro-Democratic Party, break the law, have a party. It's carte blanche. Uh, there'll be no repercussions. That is really, really scary to me. Yes, it is. Okay. And but I, we'll, we'll we'll come back to to that topic. But I, I want to touch on on your book because I'm excited about the, the your book. And one of the things that that was intriguing, I read some, some of the some of the uh, headlines and some of the uh, content is how the military, the Marine Corps, you know, I was in the Marine Corps, uh, and, and so much respect for for it. But the fact that they would constantly say that you and your platoon were responsible for killing innocent and then you you basically provide the proof the lie detector and all that and they still went ahead and accused you and your group your soldiers of killing these innocent you know afghan afghans i wish that was the whole story because most of what you said is is spot on However, they didn't just only accuse us. That is true. Even after all 30 members of our patrol made their sworn statements, I gave my polygraph, that at that point when the convening authority, who was then Lieutenant General Mattis, had this, it turned into this investigations gone wild where they allowed the prosecution to dress in civilian clothes, which NCIS can do that. NCIS actually has their bylaws where they can use deception uh, to try to get a confession. A military officer cannot. Uh, Marine Corps officers, you know, cannot deceive and lie to their Marines. They cannot dress in civilian clothes and without identifying who they are and participate in interrogations, which they did, and they lied about it. And uh, this all came out in the courtroom, which, again, this seems like embellishment, and you just have to read a few bad men, and you see that, okay, this mm-hmm. is why they kept this matter classified. The, the security classification guide clearly states it is unlawful to classify anything for the purpose of saving someone from embarrassment. You know, we're not, we were involved in a gun battle, not the locations of submarines at sea or Jason Bourne's knock list. This was a, you know, garden variety gunfight and they came after us specifically in a couple of these unethical ways they put a gag order on us that was punitive not just on those originally it was uh, seven of us who were accused but myself and that one other co-defendant that went into the courtroom for the trial the, the two we were finally uh, went through the gauntlet we had a punitive um, gag order on they call it a protection order we couldn't speak to the media, so this is a gag order. Also, mm-hmm. our defense attorneys had this quote-unquote protective order, and they were, their punitive was they would be disbarred if they said anything. So, again, this is something that you see these Gestapo-type of tactics, um, maybe in a place like Tehran or Pyongyang, but not in Camp yeah. Lejeune, North Carolina. And then they took another, and this is – this all came out in the courtroom, which is now I fought for 11 years, got lawyers, went threatened to get the United States government in federal court, which they didn't want, and they declassified everything. And this is all now in a few bad men. This book shows where all the bodies are buried, and it describes how they used ethnic targeting to go after three of my Marines, which I'm going to explain to you. One young sergeant was in the vehicle that was blown up by the suicide bomber. It was an ambulance vehicle. 
We had a, another jihadist vehicle try to T-bone that. They had three jihadists hanging out of the windows, firing AK-47s, fully automatic, trying to, you know, finish off this vehicle that they just blew up. And the crime that the driver of that vehicle committed is he legally immigrated and naturalized, became a U.S. citizen, wanted to serve his country during a time of war. He did that by joining the United States Marine Corps, going over to force reconnaissance. We selected him to be this young uh, kid of you know, Mexican descent, served his country with courage and honor, got blown up, and they threatened to deport his mother. He didn't know that oh. he can't have your citizenship revoked whether you're native-born or nationalized. They manufactured – when I say they, I'm talking about prosecutors, Marine officers dressed in civilian clothes using these strong-arm tactics, threatened a young sergeant to deport his mother, and he had to make a decision whether it's his blood family or his brothers in arms. This type of immorality should never be in any – let alone with the officers in the Marine Corps, the prosecution – this, this has no place in the United States military. The convening authority, General Mattis, this happened on his watch, whether he gave a wink and a nod. But my gut tells me that a couple majors didn't just decide, hey, you see that movie Departed? Let's do the Mark Wahlberg and go in here and freelance on this one just like he did. No, you can't tell me that you believe that a couple majors under the supervision of a Marine colonel would go in there without some get-out-of-jail-free card. That's what happened. That's ethnic targeting number one. They tried a similar thing with another staff sergeant who – he was born in Puerto Rico. Of all the people they offered our entire company to take a polygraph, they singled him out. They just kept pushing and pushing. And he says this on the courtroom stand, which, of course, the media wasn't there. Why his testimony needs to be classified again, I'm not talking about – you know, satellites and orbits and their location or anything, you know, you know, metal tin hats or anything. I'm talking about plain, simple gunfight. So they, they take hmm. this young staff sergeant and they keep threatening. They show up at his house on Thanksgiving Day, threatening him in front of his family as he's feeding his family Thanksgiving dinner, telling them they're going to drag him in. They're ordering him to come in. So he calls his attorney and says, hey, this is what's going on. They said, they cannot force you to incriminate yourself. You cannot be ordered to take a polygraph test. They're constantly doing this. And again, came out in the courtroom, and, and this is why they do that. If somebody's having to translate, this guy was born in Puerto Rico, that native-born American, but it's a high likelihood of showing deception indicated on a polygraph if that's not your native language. Uh, they did the same thing to... Uh, an American born of, but of Egyptian descent, continually tried to strong arm him, playing the mind games during interrogation, uh, multiple times up to over 21 hours, you know, just mm. constantly playing this good cop, bad cop. And they knew the tr they knew what the truth was. They were just trying to create their own narrative instead of finding the facts. The facts were there, hidden right in front of their face. It was all presented, but they wanted to create their own because when the enemy attacked us and they launched their information warfare against us with the rioting in the streets, the, the immediate release 20 minutes after we were ambushed by the Tal Taliban, and they, they had this on BBC radio saying that we had a mass murder of Afghan women and children. It led to the president of Afghanistan quickly and publicly condemning us we got kicked out. They finished the investigation 30 days later. And guess what that said after these generals made their decision to kick us out? You think it said, whoops, these guys were actually good? No. Do you think anybody's actually confessed and apologized to the family of Corporal Patrick Tillman for lying and covering that up? Nope. I don't think nope. Mary Tillman ever said. But for us in America... To view our military, it's good to have this patriotism, but when we believe that our military leaders are inerrant and should not be held accountable for their mistakes, we have big problems, and we have to recognize that this is going on. And gentlemen, 
I want to give another example of what happened today in Washington, D.C., at the Navy mm-hmm. Yard, one of three Marine special operators from a different situation that happened three and a half years ago in Iraq, where one of them was punched in the face twice by a 275-pound retired Green Braid bodybuilder who was coming in for the third strike, and another Marine gunny came in and punched the retired Green Braid bodybuilder in the face once. He knocked him down, hit his head. Uh, they medically treated him there. One of these uh, Marine special operators was a Navy corpsman. He treated him on the spot. They reported it, took him back to the base. They medically evacuated him to Germany, and he died four days later. All three, this is, these are the facts. This is on videotape. This individual who was tried today, it was an appeal hearing because on February 9, 2022, Chief Eric Gilmet had his case dismissed with prejudice. Today, the government appealed that in the Washington, D.C. Navy Yard. Last Friday, hmm. they had a, a hearing for the two other Marine gunnies who were involved, to include the one Marine gunny who was assaulted. His crime, he was assaulted. This is no embellishment. All three, all three of these gentlemen have been charged with homicide. Homicide. How is somebody who is struck in the face twice like David and Goliath, by somebody who's much larger. These guys left an establishment. They walked outside, just bodybuilder, and seven of his friends surrounded the three. And are we, the greater implication is, if these guys get charged, are you and anyone in America, if you go out in public, are you able to defend yourself legally? I mean, we don't train our Marines to run away or shout or, mm. or blow a rape whistle. No, we train them in Marine Corps martial arts. We train them to defend themselves. And we train right. them, Marines are trained in boot camp to use, the Marines only destroy what's necessary. We use the minimal amount of force. Same thing when we treat, teach our special operators, whether it's a sniper or a breacher, that we use the minimal amount of force to defeat the threat. And that's what they did. And look at the signal that we're sending, the mixed signal to, in, along with the debacle that happened last August in Kabul, Afghanistan. Do you think oh. that we have low or high morale? Do you think we have trust of our senior leaders? Do you see what I'm talking about and comparing this to what's going on with the Russian army and the disparity between their frontline foot soldiers and their general officers? Now let's think about if we got drugged into a war to try to dislodge the People's Liberation Army off of Taiwan. We had major forces going in doing amphibious and airborne operations, very costly with lives and money, long-term operations. We need to have competent commanders. We need to have moral commanders, and there needs to be high morale in order to have a ready force. I don't believe we have that right now. I just left two months ago being stationed with the Marines out in the Pacific where I did that for four years. And I'm seeing all these great senior leaders. There's a mass exodus because of a lot of this woke policy being shoved down their throats. Exactly. And we do not need, you know, our experience leaving right now. We don't need that. Well, major that's, that, that was one of our topics, which is basically, um, that the the whole military or the or a great number of the military has gone full walk. You know, they they they're, they're uh, completely. Uh, the current administration is basically destroying the military with you know all these wokesters. Um, and I think another aspect of this, and you brought up an excellent point. If we're going to face the Russians, you know, these are hard, tough combat troops. And now we have with a lot of technologically that, advanced. We're not talking exactly, Afghans. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we're not. We're not talking uh, Saddam Hussein and his, you know, t- troops that are going to just give up. I mean, and then on, on top of that, and, and you brought up the other point: what happened in Kabul with the Taliban? We left so much military weapons over there, and no one has been prosecuted for that. No, uh, no, but here's, here's the 
how sick it is is we got three Marines being on trial here in this last week. They haven't made a decision. I just talked to one of them today. He said, you know, they're they're going to go. Why somebody needs to deliberate? Why something from last Friday? I mean, it's coming on Thursday tomorrow, and they haven't made a decision. That's when you're trying to circle the wagons and you're trying to figure out how you're going to get this tar baby, this tar baby's grime off your body, and and make it look like it's salvageable. Because let's hold somebody accountable. Somebody died here, but do you think these Marines intended to kill? This guy who started the fight with them, who was drunk, and his condition caused what happened. I mean, they didn't use any malice. It was one punch, not two. There was no kicking. There was no weapon. There was no foul language. There was no intent to do anything other than to stop the assault. And these three are being pursued. You know, they've unleashed the dogs on them. Just like in our case, we fought our way out of a complex ambush where we got blown up, shot at by a, a mounted element. On the other side of the road, a dismounted element that was firing and maneuvering from different formations. We had sniper fire come down on us. They dragged a vehicle across the road blocking us in and had a mob swarm at us. We fought our way out, didn't kill any civilians, and General Mattis the beloved General Mattis sent 45 criminal investigators and four prosecuting attorneys against the seven of us. Cisco, we do not fight any fights. Even Chesty Puller didn't fight in odds that were seven to one against us. When it got narrowed down to the two of us, myself and one other Marine officer, that we were the ones that went into the longest trial in Marine Corps history in that courtroom, they had a total of 49 against two. Think those are fair odds? Think it's fair odds when they keep moving the media out of the courtroom during all defense? Not even just defense witnesses. I'm talking character witnesses that weren't eyewitnesses that were just telling about our character. They hadn't even been in Afghanistan. These were not just Marine colonels. These were colonels that were in charge of Marine expeditionary units. Some hand-selected, some of the best that were testifying on behalf of my character that the media never even got to hear a word of their testimony. Was it because it was classified? Absolutely not. But when you have this type of censure going on, again, mm -hmm. this is the type of malarkey that is Stalinistic tactics should never be allowed in America. Your listeners need to go on Amazon, and they can get it tonight and listen to it. If, if people, I know a lot of people don't like to read mm -hmm. books, and a lot of us do. But this will happen again is it's happening right now. Have you heard anyone in the mainstream media talking about the MARSOC 3, these three special operators that are assigned mm -hmm. to Marine Special Operations Command that are currently under fire in Washington, D.C. and in Camp Lejeune? Nope. Not one word. Why, why is it if our woke you know, me media thinks that black lives matter, the guy who was punched in the face twice and coming in a third time? African-American. Gunnery Sergeant Danny mm -hmm. Dreyer got punched in the face by, you know, this David and Goliath incident. But in this case, when the Hispanic gunny who saved the day and punched him in the face, do you think he's, you know, he was a, even much smaller compared to this uh, Goliath. You think he's a hero? No. Our generals in the Marine Corps are coming after all three. And the media doesn't want to cover a bit of it. I've been... I've been on several interviews. Everyone that wants to talk about my book, I tell them this the same thing is happening again right now. We have to do something to stop our Marine special operators from being destroyed and the morale of these units from going down the toilet when we're going to need them. And we're going to need them, you know, when we're least likely and least expecting it. And they've got to have high morale and they've got to be effective. And that's not the case right now. Definitely. Uh, Major, uh where can we get the book uh, for our listening audience? Uh, what website, your website, if you have one? Yes. Uh, and the website they can go to is commandoshow.com. It uh, talks about the book right there. They can also go straight to Amazon and type in A Few Bad Men. This is available in hardback. It's available in electronic book via Kindle. It's available on Audible, and they can get all any of those uh, modes 
right on Amazon, and they can uh, have it shipped to them immediately or listen to it right now uh, on Audible or Kindle tonight. Very important book if people are interested in to know what happened and what's happening right now. Definitely. Okay. Uh, 254654, do you have a question for Major Fred Galvin? Not yet. All right. Uh, in regards to the military uh, situation, uh, g- getting back to the um, uh, Afghanistan, and you were in, in Kabul, in Kandahar, or just in Kabul? So I uh, actually had conducted a few deployments to Afghanistan. The first, which this incident is uh, centered around in a few bad men, was in eastern Afghanistan, right on the Afghan-Pakistan border where we couldn't go into Pakistan, so that was a training sanctuary where they'd fully radicalize these foreign fighters. They'd come across, and just like now I work at Tesla, well, what it, what's that first town inside this area? That's kind of like a distribution center or like Amazon's fulfillment center, and that's where they'd go and link up oh. with their handlers for that last mile, and they'd take them to all the places to, to kill the infidel. Uh, so we went in that town, and that's where we got blown up and ambushed and uh, fought our way out of there. It was in Eastern Afghanistan. Because okay. uh, as of today, the Taliban has total control of of of, of Afghanistan. Wait, wait, let's hold on. We've been hearing. I don't mean to dispute your facts, but uh, I've heard from many generals for two decades that the training of the Afghan National Army was going so great in that the success was our exit strategy and that they would be able to stand up for themselves and that we shouldn't stop funding this or turn our backs on the Afghan people because there's so much progress made. Of course, I'm being facetious, but I'm telling you accurately Mm -hmm. what these generals said again and again to the press and to our leaders in the U.S. Congress. They said it again and again. These were bold-faced lies, and I would say they need to put some skin in the game. If they not only said those lies, but... You know, they believe that malarkey, so why don't they send their brides to a bed and breakfast in Bagram if they believe any bit of that? Put some skin in the game. <laughs> but none of them none of them have nor will. Right, right. So what do you what do you see the, the, the future of, of of um Afghanistan from your perspective since you, you spent a lot of time there? Yes, it is what it is. It's a failed state. It's uh, controlled by the Taliban. It's going to be forever a hot mess. While we were fooling around for 20 years, again, with people using weapons made, designed in two years after World War II and homemade explosives to, to defeat us because we had hamstrung ourselves voluntarily with this counterinsurgency, this winning hearts and minds campaign that General Petraeus and General Mattis, you know, co-authored, and General Mattis even coined the phrase from the Hippocratic Oath, first, do no harm. Do you think that sends mixed signals to frontline foot soldiers when they're on the ground over there and getting blown up? First, I'm not supposed to do any harm. It's ridiculous, (laughs) ridiculous. But, you know, this is a failed state. Uh, It's completely controlled by jihadists, by al-Qaeda, ISIS, uh, it's a hot mess and it's never going to go back. But the sad thing is while we were horsing around over there for 20 years and all these generals, look at where uh, Lloyd Austin, you know, the, yes. the white male hater mm-hmm. came from. He came from Raytheon. By the way, where did General Mattis get fired? Where did he go to General Dynamics? Where did the last chairman of Joint Chiefs of Staff, who, oh, by the way, he's a Marine, retired Marine four-star general, he didn't even take his terminal leave and do his required six-month cool-off period before he went over. That's right, largest defense contractor on the planet, Lockheed Martin. It's this No General Left Behind program. Just like uh, almost 80 years ago, uh, a famous Marine general who had some guts and some integrity called Smedley Butler wrote a book less than 100 pages called War's a Racket. Now, all these defense contractors, since 9-11, they realize – I need badge. I need an access to get in the Pentagon. So who do they hire? Who do they put on their boards? All these generals and admirals. They want, they need the return on investment. 
these weapon systems, the missiles, the F-35, fifth-generation fifth fighters, they need it all. The way to get it, you dangle the carrot. You tell these guys, hey, how much do I need to compensate you? I'll pick you up in the corporate plane, fly you in, put you up in the Hilton right over there in Alexandria, and uh, you just go in and have have some conversations, take these guys out to golf, and you know we'll uh, you know keep this thing going. It's a racket. It was 100 years ago. Yeah, it, it is, is right now. It's no, it's no different. It's no different from the uh, pharmaceutical companies putting their their people in the FDA or the CDC. Yes. Same same scenario. Shameless. Special interest group. Uh, Now another aspect of uh, of uh, a decrease in enrollment in in, uh, recruiting in the military is also this whole past two years forcing the military to take the draft, take the, the, the vaccine. And, and, and so many have left and so many are being pushed out because they're being told if you don't get the jab, you, you can't be in the military. Navy SEALs, a whole bunch of Navy yes, SEALs. That's true. Now, here's a sad, sad fact. I was uh, last week on the other side of the country uh, on business with Tesla, and I got an email from a friend of mine, the most capable and competent warrior we've ever had in the Marine Corps. Such a mentor to so many, and his skills, capabilities, and amount of combat deployments, his level of sacrifice, I can't even measure and describe accurately in this amount of time. But he has a son. His son attended the United States Naval Academy, got a commission, he has served for 15 years, and he's a Marine Corps major. He just went to a board of inquiry for involuntary separation. His son is an F-35, fifth-generation fighter pilot in the Marine Corps, stationed wow. at Miramar Naval Air Station. We spent who knows how many millions of dollars training this man. He's about ready to go out on a deployment, and this gentleman has been involuntarily separated. It broke his father's heart. This is a man who uh, we served in these reconnaissance units, and uh, he, you can only imagine the pride and joy of you know his son succeeding in doing things, not just as a ground fighter like he was uh, for 30 years, at, serving at the highest levels in special operations. His son graduating from the Naval Academy, becoming a pilot in the most advanced aircraft in the world, and we're kicking him out because he won't take the jab. This this is ridiculous. And uh, it's another way where we're purging everybody that won't fit into their agenda. You you better believe it. They think that there's, you know, white male extremism and that's how they're redefining everything. They're, they're selling. I mean, these a guy like Miley, you know, he's white. He's a man. Last time I checked, maybe he's, maybe something's changed. Uh, but he's a, uh, you know, I, he seems pretty confused if you ask me. Um, but uh, you know, he's making all these allegations that, you know, this is the biggest problem, and I think it is in his eyes, because that's the that's the power in the United States. That's that's who literally developed our Constitution and who laid this foundation. And if that's what you want to tear apart and destroy, you're gonna. Let me uh, explain two things very briefly that when you take mm-hmm. away um, all these entitlements, and let's just focus on the non-discretionary spending, the number one line item for non-discretionary spending is the Department of Defense. It's our nation's largest employer. And now let me define that a little bit more quantitatively. If you stacked Amazon and Walmart's employees on top of each other until just recently combined they were less than the Department of Defense as far as number of employees for active reserve, contractor, and civilian. They are the largest by far, and with their weapons, obviously, they're the most powerful. But when you get rid of anybody who will stand up and put their hand up and say, stop, not on my watch, you're going to control this very powerful organization, much like the Gestapo, and mm-hmm. with how everybody's really waging war against law enforcement, that's what I would submit is being developed is we can't have these local 
non-standardized. We just need a federal, we need some brown shirts. It's the same thing that Hitler did in disarming. Have we been hearing about this lately? You know, just like in Nazi Germany where little ladies go around taking, you have weapons, okay. Um, We need to pay attention and understand what has happened in world history and how this can be repeated again and not allow these people who we've elected to lead us at the national level to not represent us. These are supposed to be servants. They're supposed to be our leaders that we are electing. I, we all know they have a problem because of how much it costs to get in there. and they're, they're bought and paid, and most of them may want to go there with the best of intentions, but they very quickly end up being uh, as crooked as a dog's hind leg because they have their Geppettos who are making them bounce around and do unnatural acts. Well, you know, Washington, D.C., it's the political interest groups that actually control how these politicians uh, basically manage. As soon as they get in, they're thinking about the next campaign. So in order for that campaign to succeed, they have to have money. In order for for them to get money, they have to do what the political interest groups, that's the reality. But again, in regards to how how they're trying to purge conservatives in the military, how they're trying to defund the police, how, you know, this, this, this outburst, unimaginable outburst from the, from the left to, to create chaos. It's in the distractions that, that come along with that. I mean, like you said, people have to wake up and see, and this, this book, A Few Bad Men, gives you a perspective of American heroes, how they are being attacked, were attacked, and are still being attacked in today's modern United States. It does. It really does. Last year, a Marine Lieutenant Colonel went on Facebook, uh, Lieutenant Colonel, former Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller, and and pointed out the obvious. Uh, Hey, we're... Look at this rodeo. Most of us who were in the military, if you've studied anything about the, the doctrinal plan to do non-combatant evacuation operations, well, the first thing you do is you secure multiple airfields or seaports, areas that they can be withdrawn from. You identify, you coordinate with the Department of State who has this emergency action plan that identifies all these uh, withdrawal locations and your first obligation is to communicate and organize the withdrawal of the American citizens. What was the first thing driving down the, the tarmac out of Kabul? C-17 filled with Afghans. Who processed yeah. them? I mean, the doctrine says American citizens are category one. And then you process you know, our allies and partners, but they just – what was the attention – on these Afghans and who knows who they were and how they were vetted and why wasn't it first, I mean, less than a year after Donald Trump left and his whole campaign is, you know, make America great again, America first. uh, You had people loading up. Who knows? They could have been our enemy. How did they get vetted? But they weren't American citizens. And why weren't they American citizens? Why were they the last to be contacted? Why did the American military get flown out of there, and then they had to go back, the Marines had to go back in, and why did we use the worst airport to be utilized? I mean, and nobody was held accountable. When Lieutenant Colonel Stu Scheller pointed out the obvious, like the truth is hidden right there in front of our face, he did that on an instance. I've been beating this drum since I've been retired for eight and a half years of this type of corruption. I've been naming names in hundreds of interviews and articles Uh, This book, A Few Bad Men, is a book with declassified sworn courtroom testimony, and that's what the last half of the book is. It's incontrovertible. It's what these men said because, unfortunately, the Marine Corps has turned into more like a mob where if the mob boss gives you the wink and a nod and you're going to do what he tells you to do, you can go in there and sworn uh, testimony, and the jury will hear it, but the media won't. So you're kind of a, a made man. You're, you're going to be golden. 
And you see how all these people lied, fell on their sword. The media wasn't there to hear any of it. Now it's been declassified and released in this book. But you see the last chapter. Read chapter 28 at the end of the book, and you see how all these guys got promoted. They perjured themselves. They lied. These are military officers, to include Marine Corps officers. There was, there was Army officers and Air Force officers that did the same thing. They lied, and they got promoted very fast and assigned the best assignments all over the globe. And that's what we do. We want these – we incentivized eating our own. And as despicable as that is, that's how we're promoting ourselves, promoting uh, military officers right now. And, and, and it's just not in the military. It's happening in politics. Uh, certain parties, yes. the worse you do, the higher the promotion you get. You know, it's basically uh, if you're honest and dedicated – and do great things, you're not rewarded. But if you do horrible things, so I think it's across the board. They're just trying to make, change the culture of doing good. You do bad, we give you yes. promotions. You do good, we keep you back. But uh, anyway, once again, uh, your website and, and book, so we can, uh, and we'll, we'll, um, yes. we'll get it out there. And, and, and keep promoting the, your book, uh, Major Galvin. Yes, the book is A Few Bad Men, available on Amazon right now um, on all forms. And uh, you can read more about it using the blurbs on Amazon. It'll read the movie producers, the members of Congress, everybody that's written blurbs on it. And then uh, you can also uh, go to commandoshow.com and uh, learn more about the book. Please do, and uh, please, we, we will come to rely on our military. It's just like an insurance policy or a reserve parachute for those that skydive. You don't want it to be ineffective when you need it the most. This is something that every American is going to count on when we see these rising powers, such as Russia and China. We can't be fooling around with incompetent commanders. Well, besides incompetent commanders, we have an incompetent administration, too. Uh, and not so much, I would say, it's a little beyond incompetent. It's, and I'll, I'll come out and say it, it's basically they're engineering the collapse of our great country. And, and that's yes. uh, really something that, I mean, you have to be blind not to be able to see that. But one oh, of the yeah, things that yeah, I want but, to touch uh, on. Cisco, Cisco, I wouldn't call them incompetent. Mm-hmm. They're highly competent. They're completing what they want to do, the unraveling of American civilization. And that's what's underway. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's they didn't incentivize for it. You're right. Intentional. Yeah, it's intentional. Yes. To those that can't see the wizard behind the curtain, it looks unintentional, but it's, it's by design. You're absolutely correct. Definitely. But I want to touch on this whole push by NATO. NATO has been is provoking the Russian bear into a global nuclear war. This whole thing with uh, Lithuania in Kalinograd, which is a, a, a base where a port where yeah, the Russian Soviet basically, a Russian enclave. Yeah. Well, ho- hold on, hold on. Uh, so one of the questions that I have: Do you feel that NATO today can actually go? one-on-one with the Russians? No, and I don't believe <clears throat> war is, is viewed right now by a lot of these leaders, not just in the United States, but it's very profitable. Um, I don't think they want to have some uh, nuclear war. I think they'll scale it to, to not provoke to where they have this uh, get-out-of-control. And and we saw this in uh, Afghanistan. The, the Europeans... They'll send minimal amount of forces. The, the heaviest burden is by the United States. Uh, but with our current administration, you know, who knows? People thought Donald Trump was unpredictable. You know, you <laughs> in, in some of that is good because just like Ronald Reagan, you know, the Iranians thought this guy is crazy and they didn't want to – same with Russia. They didn't want to mess around. And when Donald Trump was in office, did you see 
Uncle Kim launching missiles out of North Korea? No, that stopped. Nope. What do we see? The media's not reporting it, but they're launching missiles constantly now out of North Korea. The amphibious exercises and rehearsals that they're doing off the east coast of China are increasing in scope and frequency, mm-hmm. and Russia invaded Ukraine. Now they're threatening Poland and other uh, Eastern Bloc countries. So it's because we're perceived for what we are. They look at us, and they know that we're weak. And when you have your own son who's doing drug deals, is as crook as a dog's hind leg, anybody that <laughs> says anything good about you know, uh, old Hunter, need they, they have to either be on coke, dope, or dog food. Because that guy, <laughs> it's, it's clear as day is what this guy is involved in. But he's involved in countries that are we have an adversarial relationship with, and nobody's calling it out. It's an it's absolute national disgrace. And that is why I think when uh, this whole thing started, you know, they just realized, okay, this barista deal that uh, old hunters involved in, you know, we'll, we won't mess around with this country as long as you stay out of it because we know that the old man gets his 10%. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> America doesn't even want to talk about that. But did it happen? I mean, that's that's straight from the source. I mean, those are their own words. The old man gets mm-hmm. his 10%. Who gets $83,000 a year unless they are competent you know, in, in an expert, I don't think anybody in this country can say that would go on with a straight face and while they're sober, if it wasn't some sweetheart deal that was, you know, completely crooked. And that's what that is. So I think America realizes, you know, we'll, we'll tiptoe around this minefield and my gut, and I'm not a European expert. My whole time was mainly in the Middle East and in uh, the Pacific theaters, but uh, I don't think that that will be the front that we get drawn in. I believe we'll most likely be involved in a worse scenario because while we were horsing around for 20 years, the Chinese Communist Party went from country to country and have over 60 countries signed on to their One Belt, One Road initiative by building all these bullet trains and seaports, airports, and all this infrastructure, tying them into deals with terms and conditions that Al Capone couldn't even broker is such a good deal. And so all these 60 Mm -hmm. countries are essentially client states providing the logistics for the Chinese for the next hundred years while we were horsing around and who profited from, you know, the wars in Afghanistan or Iraq. Did we get the oil from that? No, but there's people on the right and the left. Remember the Cheneys and the Halliburtons and all this kind of stuff, right? A few oligarchs, filthy rich and nobody would want to, and I've been saying this for eight and a half years since I retired from the Marine Corps. This yeah. this is just like what Smedley Butler said. War's a racket. These guys have not been held accountable. I know we've got another uh, guy, Stu Scheller, out there. He's he's recently pointed out, you know, over the last ten months, you know, the same, and it's obvious. America needs to wake up and hear this. This is we have sold out our own people, you know, for a few oligarchs that are getting filthy rich off this case in point you know aoc you think a young barista you know who's a fresh when she was a freshman senator or a congresswoman you get one hundred seventy thousand dollars. which if you are from the bronx and that's where you're representing and you've got a place there mm-hmm. in dc that's couch change you look at how she dresses and how she lives her life that level mm-hmm. of affluence doesn't come from one hundred seventy thousand dollars and it didn't come from her little piggy bank when she was a barista. This type of financial corruption has to be stopped, you know, or Definitely. let's call it for what it is. They're not representing us. It, they're, they're representing exactly. others besides us that don't have our best interests in, in mind. Definitely. Major, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you again for taking time, and we'll definitely be pushing your book a few bad men, the true story of, of U.S. Marines ambush in Afghanistan and betrayed in America. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. All right. Good night, sir. Have, good, good night. Good night. God bless. Good night. God bless.
God bless America. God bless everyone. We'll see each other next week on another hour of the Cisco and Falzone Hour, Broadcasting Politics. Thank you. <laughs>